just walking around in some kind of fog. I think we're all on a trance. People are talking in symbols. Everyone's sort of floating through this fog of symbols and unconscious feelings. Once again, and welcome back to the Lucid Dreaming Podcast. This is episode five. I'm Jay, and I'm going to start this week by, um, again, a quick follow-up on last episode. There are some clarifications and some some more information I wanted to give about some of the things I've talked about, including both um, brainwaves and, uh, and meditation, and in fact, how they relate and correlate. So uh, there's there's a lot of interest about meditation, and because it's becoming also more, I would say, mainstream or popular outside of spiritual circles, anywhere from tech startups and all of Silicon Valley doing mindfulness meditation and and so on, it's becoming a even <laughs> a sort of like production productive uh, um, practice. Um, and again, as I mentioned, there's there's so many benefits to meditation, but in particular to um, to lucid dreaming. Um, Jamie Alexander, um, uh, if I'm, I'm pronouncing his name right, um, has a nice blog called lucidability.com. Uh, I recommend to check it out. He wrote a few articles about meditation as it relates to the practice of lucid dreaming. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. But if you are going to pick up a meditation practice I would highly recommend starting with uh, a teacher uh, someone who has a lot of practice in it who can guide you properly um, there I don't I don't know of anybody who teaches meditation in relation to lucid dreaming but as I said I think um, lucid dreaming uh, improvability or capability for lucid dreaming is just one of the side effects to meditation and there's many reasons to that I'm sure a few of them that we don't even know about but one of them is practicing conscious awareness at the same time with deep states of consciousness and that ties into the brain waves I thought to mention uh, I linked I put I put I embedded the video of Ken Wilber connected to an EEG machine and showing how he's sort of manipulating his brain waves uh, to indicate a few things. So uh, here's where he mentions a lot of terms that are terms from, you know, meditation practices, uh, Eastern traditions, some from originally from Buddhism, and without a lot of knowledge about that and being familiar with those terms, that sounds like a lot of strange things. So maybe you did find it interesting and, and fascinating. Um, but I just thought I'll, I'll sort of frame it a little bit more because otherwise it, you know, it can sound very strange or, or confusing. But he's doing various meditation practices and various um, states of consciousness that he's trying to achieve through particular types of meditations that correlate and show specific types of brainwaves. And again, he's even mentioning at some part of this 
that you know longtime meditators uh, gain a capacity for this conscious awareness throughout all um, states of consciousness the waking dreaming and deep sleep even in deep sleep there is some sort of a, a basic awareness and again not getting too much into it but it, it is indicating of continuing a conscious awareness throughout the dreaming state which obviously translates to lucid dreaming whether you do or do not take control over the dream or try to manifest stuff or flying or do anything you are aware that you're dreaming and that's that's one of the things that he's talking about in the video and the rest of it is being aware while being even in delta which is deep dreamless sleep so it's it's pretty cool how he can demonstrate this and again he's he's himself been a, a meditator for more than uh, more than 30 years uh, or 40 years at this point I believe so he, he has gained a, a quite a remarkable capacity over his own brain waves and I don't think he talks about it in this video, but in other audio segments from him, he mentions how it, it, it after such a long time and such a, a long practice of something like meditation and conscious awareness and so on, he and, and many other people who report the same thing has gained this sort of uh, inert ability to to become aware in their dreams almost almost automatically. So again, that's sort of the the farther reaches of these kind of practices but it gives you a very clear indication uh, as to what it can achieve and what it can help do and I thought since we're we are talking about the combination of meditation brainwaves and in lucid dreaming or at least meditation lucid dreaming I thought I'd mention another thing that perhaps will add to the credibility of of meditation doesn't lack in any scientific research uh, at this point to, to validate its, its usefulness. But I would say that um, meditation is something that's being practiced for, for 2,000 years or more by these Eastern traditions. And regardless of, again, their, their so to speak, uh, spiritual aspects or something like that, uh, and and I should point out that not everything that's been done and practiced for 2,000 years or more means by default that it's a good thing or a beneficial thing or uh, or something like that. That's not on its own an indication, but it can support it and it can indicate something if people continue to do it and improve it over the years. So lucid dreaming as a practice in the West, at least, was known more or less since the 70s since the phenomena became you know more commonplace and then more scientific research came into it and and the, the occurrence uh, itself of lucid dreaming has been proven scientifically and it became a, a practice that being taught but as you can guess since lucid dreaming as a natural phenomena it has happened to people for many years probably you know forever since some point in our uh, brains evolution I suppose that that would be my guess but I can tell you that lucid dreaming as a practice has been practiced for 2,000 years or more in these Eastern traditions and in fact it has a name it's called dream yoga and there are many books about it I've read a couple of them uh, dream yoga and the other one was the yoga of dream and sleep 
sorry, the first one is uh, Dream Yoga and the Practice of Clear Light. And I will not get into what the practice of clear light is, but I will mention that it connects to being consciously aware during the dreamless sleep segments of, uh, of sleep. But again, I don't, I don't, uh, I always worry about too, talking too much about the fringes of, of lucid dreaming. And I, I think in this episode, I want to just go back to some more of the basics and in, uh, in the practices and, and what can be done. But I, I do want to mention these things probably because I myself, the more I, uh, I practice lucid dreaming, the more I'm fascinated by these aspects. And maybe it's, more for advanced, I don't know. Um, but if you find it interesting, then the more the better, uh, as far as I'm concerned. But just to, to finish about uh, dream yoga, it it has been practiced for, for many, many, many years in these traditions, and there are currently books about it, which are, again, it's fascinating. They're a little different. They're not your usual lucid dreaming books and, and lucid dreaming practices. And I think most people will We'll find them a little bit strange, but it's interesting, and it's interesting to look at a different approach. And for um, again, a tradition that has been doing it for so long, so it's it's something to look into. And I will probably do an episode about dream yoga sometime in the future uh, when we get a little more into this and a little more <laughs> to what I still call the the fringes of uh, of lucid dreaming, at least in our modern Western society, perhaps. So that's just the follow-up for this week. Now, I wanted to talk about, uh, again, as I mentioned, to talk about the basics a little bit more, or at least what I would consider a good lucid dreaming practice sequence or the the core components, and then talk about my favorite uh, method, my favorite induction method for lucid dreaming. At least the the one I found uh, is the most... The one that for me was the most beneficial, the one that for me uh, has been able to induce the most lucid dreams, I suppose. And that is wild, the awake-initiated lucid dreaming. So back to the practice sequence. I think there are these core components, in, and I understand that when people start out, they read all this information, they find all these things, and it can be either overwhelming or they're one of those people who just dive into it and just start and just do everything that they can find and, and try every system. I think that might be a little tricky and I think that might cause a sort of overwhelm and, and, and maybe it's, it's not even as efficient as it could be. But because if you're trying all these various methods, you're not perhaps not trying one of them just just really really well and and put more time into it but i do believe that there are some sort of core components smaller components than let's say one of the induction methods in particular uh that you can do together and if you find that you have the time and you have the the ability to do all these little core components plus one induction method then that might be uh very useful so uh, i'm i'm gonna give my little spiel and my little overview of it and I highly recommend you you do what you feel would work for you and what you can consistently do on a regular some regular basis and as I mentioned probably in my first episode I think the first and foremost almost almost a must component it's not a must but it's it's I think it's so crucial uh, that I, I would almost consider it a must is a dream journal 
or any kind of method in which you record your dreams. You can write them down, you can voice record them, uh, but trying to basically the, the reason for a dream journal first and foremost um, is dream re recall and writing a journal or recording your dreams just I'm honestly even don't I'm not sure exactly the mechanism behind it or why it works but it works in improving dream recall tremendously and in fact people who start off from not remembering dreams at all if they do it consistently almost all of them describe a, a sort of sequence of remembering little pieces here and there of a dream and then eventually remembering uh, a bigger part of a dream and then remembering a full dream and multiple dreams all the way to five six seven dreams sometimes with full sequences and really just rich vivid uh, dreams as time goes by and the more the, the more they write uh, dream journals and as I mentioned in the first episode People who write um, comprehensive, really deep dream journals, and they write a lot, uh, start lucid dreaming almost naturally, just as a progression of dream recall. So that's just one thing. But again, it, I think it, for some people it takes a long time before that happens naturally in terms of uh, just lucid dreaming, just becoming lucid naturally from, from good dream recall. Um, but even if you write a little bit, if you have five minutes when you wake up in the morning, to write down just even though you don't have to write full sequences or entire dreams but I suggest that you write something to keep the practice going of remembering and paying attention to your dreams even after you have woken up so that's core component number one it's the first part of the sequence I believe the second part is reality checks and not everybody as far as I know practice reality checks on a regular basis but again Reality checks are just to get in the habit of questioning your current state of awareness, your current state of consciousness to whether you're dreaming or not. Is this a dream? And the reason is, is because um, dreams are a sort of reflection of our waking state. And in some ways, because of some, something that's going on in the brain, we are we don't even think about the weirdness of things that occur in a dream. Where in a sort, if you think, if you really think about it, we are in a sort of trance. We are we are sort of oblivious to the fact that something is weird or this is not regular daily life. It's not super connected to our memories. I mean, there are a lot of our memories, and we recognize people in the dream, and we recognize situations and places, but we don't think about the last thing we've done, where we went to sleep, and where we are now. Oh, I'm in a different country. I'm a, in a different place. I don't even think about it because there's some disconnect in, in the parts of the brain or the parts of our awareness that are functioning on a regular dream. Now, it is a reflection of the daily life because in daily life, it may seem obvious, but because we have the assumption that we're awake, and this is, of course, reality, until you start questioning it, you won't do the same thing in a dream. You rarely question whether you're awake or not in a dream because you never question that during waking life. Because once again, you assume. But if you really think about it, remember that you assume the same thing. You assume that this is real life and you're awake and everything's fine in your dream. It's a, it's a hidden assumption. You don't stop and think about it and make that assumption it's a sort of subconscious assumption that yeah this this weird little situation is absolutely fine and you never question it because you never question it 
just in general in life. And when you start questioning that and even checking through different methods, whether you are awake or, or dreaming, then you, that habit of questioning comes into the dream state. So reality checks are things as simple as reading something that's written down on a sign, on a book, in your phone, um, and looking away, looking back and reading and seeing if it changed, or even trying to consciously change it and see if it changes. Same thing with uh, digital screens, the little uh, time on the microwave, the time on your phone, the time on your watch. It seems like, in, at least for a lot of people, gadgets don't work quite right. Um, I've heard of the method, and I've, I've tried that before, of the light, switching the light on and off. It doesn't always switch off. Although I, I gave this uh, idea to my friend, and my friend has tried the light, and the light worked just fine in his dream. And it took him a while of continuing to, to test for things before he realized he was dreaming, which was, was kind of funny. So there's all these things. Um, again, a good way, a good method is, is looking at your hands and really trying to... I'm not, and again, I'm not sure why the hands thing quite work, but if you're looking at your hands, I know people use that once they are already realizing that they're dreaming, once they're lucid, they look at their hands to sort of stabilize the dream and or not get too excited and, and kind of it's something to focus on so your awareness and attention doesn't jump too quickly and you'll wake up. But even looking at your hands is, is uh, an interesting way to sort of measure and see if anything looks off or weird to you. And that helps in, in checking your reality, so to speak, to see if you're, if you're dreaming or awake. And a good method to do it is putting like a reminder a few times a day. And I think there's a few apps that can randomize the time that you get a little alert that says, you know, are you dreaming or am I dreaming? And stop to check if you're dreaming. So that's a good habit to get into and it also connects nicely with the dream journal because if you, um, that's that, I would say that's a, an added component. I, I wouldn't even say that it's super crucial because if you do too many of these things, again, the whole practice might become for some people too cumbersome and unsustainable and that defeats the purpose. I'd rather you do less things but practice consistently than do as many things as you can and just you know, get overwhelmed or don't keep up doing it and eventually sort of give up and, and let it be. And, and what I'm saying is an add-on to reality checks and dream journals are dream signs. So dream signs, uh, and I've talked about it a little before, is thinking or looking at specific things that appear in your dreams on somewhat of a regular basis and using them as a trigger for a reality check. So forget just the random automatic trigger in your phone. Um, if you actually trigger a reality check or basically use it as a cue to do a reality check by something that appears in your dream often enough, then that's a great way to increase the chances that you'll do a reality check in a dream, obviously, instead of some random timer that might cause you to do a reality check randomly in a dream. So scan your dream journal unless you already know sort of off the top of your head all the things that you know, appear in your in your dreams on a regular basis. If you have reoccurring dreams, that makes it much, much easier unless the content of your dreams doesn't appear in your daily life. But if there's a person or a thing or a place that you see often in your dreams and read through your dream journal and see if there's sort of re repeating patterns or repeating items, 
And when you encounter that person or that thing during the day, do a reality check. Then the next time, if you get in the habit of doing a reality check every time you encounter that thing, uh, that dream sign, uh, but in your real life, if you do it on a regular basis, then you'll do it in the dream next time you see that item or that person. So if you, if you have the time or if you actually took the time to write a dream journal and you happen to see dream signs and you're doing reality check, then again, it's, it's sort of all little parts that go together. So if you are doing all these things, by all means, and if you feel inclined and have the time to add dream signs, recognizing dream signs and doing reality checks, do it. The next component, and I think, again, is a very important one between dream journals and induction techniques, is intention. I think intention is very, very crucial. And in fact, it's one of those things that seem to help induce lucidity in people that hear about lucid dreaming for the first time. There's something about just, um, and again, if this is your experience, let me know because the, I still find this phenomenon fascinating. Often enough, not always, but when people hear about lucid dreaming for the first time and they find it fascinating, uh, just thinking about it so much ends up causing a lucid dream that night or because they then suddenly read about it and think about it and, and dig deep, deeper into it and contemplate it and they sort of set an intention whether they realize it quite so or not they're they're putting a seed about becoming aware in their dream and that often enough ends up triggering a lucid dream pretty quickly usually the same day doesn't happen for everybody but when i went from just having you know a few lucid dreams in my past uh in my childhood um, sporadically the ones that occurred naturally, you know, I stopped thinking about it. And then one day in adulthood, I learned or, or found out about the practice of lucid dreaming and what lucid dreaming is and so on. And that night I had a lucid dream. Now, in, in terms of intention, you basically take it a step further. It's not just thinking about lucid dreaming, is setting the intention to telling yourself and telling your mind and your brain that you want to attain lucidity is that before you go to sleep and perhaps even during the day when you're doing reality checks or in the morning when you're writing a dream journal keep in your mind in your intention that you wish to become lucid so for me at least if you, if you want me to make it a little more specific it's when you go to sleep as you even as you fall asleep that's one of the i think that's one of sort of the induction methods um, more or less is as you fall asleep some people repeat it like a like a mantra you know the next time I'm dreaming I'm gonna become aware that I'm dreaming or just once as you go to sleep before you try to fall asleep you say to yourself tonight I will have dreams I will remember my dreams and in my dreams I will become lucid I will become aware that I am dreaming in the dream Something like that. You can you can have your own version or your own variation, and say it to yourself. Um, say it with intention, and that helps set your mind towards it. Again, it it's something that that goes into the subconscious that might help you become aware of your of your dreaming, sort of more naturally or on its own, and that 
just happens often if you again practice this on a regular basis I think it it adds to the whole effect so that's intention but you know that's a more direct intention and, and doing it in a very specific way of telling yourself because I think intention is in all of this if you're listening to the, this podcast if you're reading a lucid dreaming book or website if you're you know if you're practicing lucid dreaming you already have intention because you want to lucid dream this is just making it more direct more specific with like a call to action to yourself um, and I think that that helps and that makes the intention more almost more tangible I would say and the last component is induction techniques induction methods and there are many and um, maybe I'll do one episode just about induction methods and run through all of them and give the rundown I think most people who learn about lucid dreaming right away get bombarded by a list of all the methods and what they can try to do but I I think for now at least for for this episode I'm gonna focus on a little bit at least on the one that I uh, prefer that I use the most that I found the most effective for me for other people it might be other things but uh, for me this has been the most successful one and that's the wild the wake initiated lucid dreaming method and basically what that is or at least the way I've um, you know I've heard also sort of slight sub variations of this particular technique and people do it in in different ways I'll just give the rundown of how I do it and how I sort of use it the most and basically the idea is that you wake up from a dream during the night and you go back to sleep right away some people get up and say oh get up for 30 minutes or read about lucid dreaming and then go back to sleep and and that can work and that works for some people but I I'm not a big fan of interrupting your sleep on a regular basis for too long or interrupting REM sleep or you know most people still need to go to school or go to work in the morning or you know have a, an actual day or sleep properly and, and can't spare the the hours and the time of, of not sleeping or interrupting your sleep in fact some people probably if they wake up and they get up and they start doing things or, or stay up for 30 minutes they might not be able to fall back asleep they, their brain starts waking up and starts get moving and thinking and so on so again it really depends on the person doing this but for me it's waking up from a dream and then going back to sleep right away almost right away with with the intention of getting right back into the dream I don't know if you've had this experience but if you if you have decent dream recall then you know that sometimes when you wake up in the middle of a REM sleep in the middle of a, a REM cycle from a dream you're you just woke up you remember what you dreamed about and for those of you who fall back asleep pretty easily then you often go back to the same dream it was just you for a moment you woke up but you go back to sleep right away and the whole state of mind continues almost where you left off and I think I think this method is trying to lean on that effect and capitalize on it in a sense so you wake up I wake up in it from a dream I go back to I tr try to fall back asleep right away but with the intention of becoming uh, or, or staying aware since I am awake and aware right now um, some people describe it as you know 
letting the body fall back asleep but staying awake your brain staying awake I, I I don't really see it that way I don't believe it I think your brain still needs to fall back asleep as well but but what really happens or at least in my case my experience of it is so it, okay let me describe how I do it and then I'll explain why I think that works or what, what that means in terms of falling back asleep with the intention so what I do is after waking up from the dream I recall the last scene of the dream and I recall where I was or what I was doing and as I'm falling back asleep I am envisioning and imagining myself right in that scenario and in fact I envision I, I sort of try to direct that imagination in that scene in my head from where it was and I see myself moving around and I see myself realizing that I'm dreaming or I see myself being lucid and imagine myself lucid in that moment in that situation where I left off the dream and I imagine myself becoming aware or doing something that I would normally do in a lucid dream usually my go-to in fact is seeing myself in that situation from that moment and taking one or two steps and start flying and if I'm falling asleep, if I'm falling back asleep, as I'm envisioning this, I often back, go back into the dream and right into lucidity. And that's basically the idea of awake-initiated lucid dreaming, is that you're going back to sleep, but you're not just falling back asleep, letting your mind go and just, you know, land wherever you land. You do it with trying to to get back to the point you left off but while thinking about it while being aware of it and going back directly into lucidity so I also would recommend practicing this in in different forms try to you know fall back asleep and maybe do something like the original intention when you originally go back to sleep telling yourself that as you fall back asleep and you get back into the dream you'll you'll become aware try doing it the way I do it where you envision yourself right in the point you left off and how and, and try to imagine yourself becoming aware in that situation or be, or starting off already aware of the dream in the dream in that situation or doing something that you would normally do in a lucid dream so that's that's the core basic of the technique but I, I will say a few more things about it one the reason I think it works at least in falling back asleep directly into a dream as opposed to doing this, um, you know, as you fall asleep, you know, when you go to sleep for the first time is because you don't go directly into REM sleep and into a dream when you go to sleep. Again, unless you're sleep deprived or you have a some sort of sleep disorder, some issues with with your with your regular sleep. So if you do this later in the night or even close to morning when REM sleep is longer, if you wake up during REM. REM sleep and you go back to sleep right away you stay in a REM state and you go back right into the dream state very often not always but often enough for this to work and for this to practice this people who sleep through the night actually need to wake themselves up and there's many ways to do it the simplest is an alarm clock if you have again that's I think part of what these all these uh, lucid dreaming devices that are coming out will ha give you the ability to do is to recognize when you're dreaming and 
they, they will try to alert you that you're dreaming, but if they accidentally wake you up, it's not a lost opportunity. And that's the beautiful thing here. You can then take advantage of the fact that you know that you just woke up from a dream, try to think about what you were just dreaming, and do a wake-initiated lucid dreaming method right back into sleep. And that can be effective. In fact, if you have, you know, many of you, I'm sure, already have a Remy. And some, I, I don't know how many of you use it on a regular basis or tried for how long, but I think one of the advantages of that device is, and, and, and give this a try, is the nap mode. Because nap mode, you can program it to basically, I don't remember what's the shortest amount of time, but almost right away to activate a, a sequence of lights. So if you wake up from a dream in the middle of the night or later in the night and you're falling back asleep and you're using the nap mode, so you're turning on nap mode that let's say, let's say is set for five, 10 minutes and you know you'll fall back asleep within five minutes, then you'll, you'll have a higher chance to kind of almost guarantee activating a sequence you know, since Remy doesn't have a, you know, a method to detect when you're dreaming, at least you know when you're dreaming if you wake up, just woke up from a dream, and you're probably, you know, going back to REM state and back to the dream state, you can set the device to a, cert a certain amount of time that you know you'll fall back asleep in, let's say five minutes or so, to activate the light sequence, and then match this way the light sequence to a dream state. And, and hopefully help induce um, a lucid dream that way. So again, it's, it's all these little methods. So if, if you sleep through the night pretty well, then you might have to wake yourself up, and that's why it's not super convenient for everybody, this method. And again, if, if, it, if your hours of sleep are precious and you don't have enough of them, then I wouldn't recommend this necessarily because I, I, I don't want people to really break down or interrupt, interrupt their sleep too much. But for me, for example, I'm uh, cursed and blessed with, uh, I suppose, <laughs> I'll try, I'm trying to look at it as a positive. I wake up many, many times throughout the night. I don't know if it's a sleeping disorder or if it's a, some, some kind of issue or just not very sound or good sleep. Maybe it's just not a great mattress, who knows? But I wake up many, many times during the night. But the advantage of it is for someone who loves practicing lucid dreaming is that if I have the energy or if the capacity or if I'm, I'm not, you know, really, really super tired or I, you know, ha have enough hours of sleep, even though I have to wake up and, and go to work, is that I can take advantage of the later times that I wake up during sleep and during dreams. And especially if I recognize that I just was dreaming about something, I will take advantage of that and go back to sleep trying the wild technique. So for those of you who wake up sort of naturally anyway during dreams or during sleep, then you can take advantage of it. If you do have the capacity, then give it a try. Wake yourself up with an alarm or one of those devices. Uh, there are, I think, bands like um, I don't remember which of them have this capacity, but the Jawbone Up or the Nike Fuel Band, or the Fitbit, um, Fitbit Force, or one of them. And again, there's many other devices that track your sleep. And some of them, I think the Jawbone Up 
can connect to the iPhone with sort of alerts that if something happens, activate an alert. There's a cool service called If This Then That, which you can sort of create a little recipe of if something happens, do this. And I think it connects with the Jawbone app where you can say, I think that if you are sleeping and hit a certain sleep state, or stage, sorry, stage of sleep, then activate an alarm, for example. So that's a sort of more crude um, lucid dreaming method or wake up method to, to make sure you wake up during a dream or in the middle of a dream, but, but it might work. So, you know, you can look into that. But whatever the method is, if you wake up later and, and try, try to aim it later in the night when your REM sleep is longer to wake up, think about what you were just dreaming, go back to sleep, try to fall back asleep, imagining and thinking about yourself in that situation, in that dream, from the same point you left, and becoming lucid. So give it a go. Let me know how it works. Um, if you've done this before, if you have you know, little different nuances than my own for this particular method, let me know what it is and I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to share it. I think the whole beautiful thing about the lucid dreaming community is everybody loves to help everybody else and we're all trying to sort of test new methods and see what works for everybody because it's such a, it's not such a cut, a cut and dry, you know, black and white kind of method and kind of system. It's, it's something that we're learning as we go and different people react differently to, to these things. But as I said, for me to go back to sleep and imagine that I'm flying right away um, works often because, and this is a little point I, I wanted to mention because I'm very curious of other people's experience. And I'm not sure what the reason this uh, is for this but I am curious, is that especially when I had lucid dreams as a kid before it, it became a practice, but even after it became a practice, lucid dream is always connected with flying in dreams. And in fact, it started by every time I had a dream about flying, I would become lucid and I would become aware. During flying, it was almost 100% almost of the times. And it is fascinating. There's got to be a reason. There's got to be some connection. Perhaps people who are into dream interpretation can, can tell me what the symbolism is of flying or in psychology if there's a, a reason why flying maybe is an indication of um, a state of consciousness or awareness or some, or I think it connects to freedom obviously, but for some reason every time I was dreaming about flying, I would become lucid. And coincidentally, or maybe not coincidentally actually, every time I would become lucid in a dream, uh, let's say on purpose especially, or, or by accident, but when I was not flying, literally almost always the first thing, my first inclination is to start flying. And I almost can't help it. One, because it's one of the most fun activities you can do while dreaming. But I think also because there is there is some connection between the experience of flying in a dream and awareness and lucidity. Of course, later on, I had to curb that that instinct because I wanted to try different different things in a dream. But I almost always can't help but want to, to try to fly or right away they jump. And to me personally also helps kind of cement lucidity when I gain it. Because it's not always high levels of lucidity. It's sort of a faint kind of light lucidity. It's like, hey, I'm dreaming, but I, I, I don't have quite the control over a dream. And trying to fly is 
always helped, at least me. Sometimes it's, it's a little clunky and I sort of hover above the ground for a little bit, but it's always a fun experience. So there's some connection there, and I'm curious to know what your experience of it is. So I hope that was helpful, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know if you try Wild. If you've never tried it before, definitely let me know how it goes for you. If you have tried it or you use this on a regular basis and you have little different variations on how you do it, I would love to hear it. So thanks again for listening. Uh, you can catch me at lucidsage.com or on Twitter at the Lucid Sage. Sleep well and sweet and lucid dreams.